Welcome to the Batman Tasticast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time, Batman the Animated Series. Our podcast offers a deep dive into each episode and a full series retrospective from two nerds who really like Batman. And seated across the table from me, he's the ace up my sleeve. It's Mike Stout. And seated across the table from me, I will always take a bet that he will win, Mr. Jordan Hugh. Thank you. Mike Staub, returning to us from Japan. Yes, so thank you everyone for, well, there's going to be an episode that airs before this one, so thank you all for your patience. But this is the first one we're recording after after, Japan. After I'm home. Yes, I've been home. I'm home from Japan now. My band's tour is done. And uh, back to doing more podcasts. So thank you. You for don't plug the band me. enough on this show. It's hard. Yeah, I probably should. I never think about it. Mike's in a band, everybody. I and so is Amanda. Band. And so is Amanda. It's not called Abanda, but uh, we're called <laughs> it's Band. Pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty. You good. do a secret show. Yeah, yeah with that secret name. show Abanda. Um, we're in a band called Bad Mary. We just uh, got home from our second uh, very successful tour of Japan. And uh, we'll see what happens in the future with that. But if you want to listen to us, you can find us all over the internet. Bad Mary, you can search us out. Bad Mary Band on all your socials. BadMary.com. We're all over the place. Would we say that Bad Mary is big in Japan? I would imagine so. Our crowds are pretty good. Big in Japan. <laughs> I'm big in Japan. Um, it's the first time Tom Waits has shown up on this podcast. You know, which is really a shame because I think he was partly the inspiration for the Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah, if you watch, there is a... Because uh, uh, yeah, Tom Waits kind of talks like this and it's, uh, it sounds a little bit like Heath. Yeah, there's a there's Dark an, Knight. There's an interview of Tom Waits from, I think it's the 70s, Yeah, that just sounds like Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, well, I, I think... I say with love because we adore the Heath Ledger Joker. Uh, I think Heath Ledger basically just took Tom Waits' voice from especially early in Tom Waits' career and just said, well, I'll make this the character voice for the Joker. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That doesn't make him a thief, really. Yeah, no, just, no. It, that's what he drew inspiration from, and that's what it was. It's fine. And Tom Waits has this kind of you know, mystique of, about yeah. him where he's this kind of mysterious traveler type. Yeah, it's fine. Look, Alan Tudyk uh, is doing Edwin when he's doing King Candy. Yes. And we all are like, that's fine. That's fine. You know, Edwin was was Edwin also the M- M- Mad Hatter in the he was yeah the Mad Hatter in and the Alice Wonderland, Alice Wonderland and a whole Disney? bunch of other stuff yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but also at the same time uh, Heath Ledger's Joker is a little based off of like Sid Vicious and Johnny Rotten and oh I just yeah for well yeah there's a all that stuff I didn't things. mean the vo- vocally oh just, yeah, yeah just the voice yeah because the voice of the character is kind of like this yeah. which is seventies Tom Waits yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I see a lot of that going on. Ah, yeah, Heath Ledger's Joker is is wonderful. Um, I also like it, uh, and we we will get to this episode, which is a Joker episode. It is, yeah. This is relevant. Yeah, it's totally relevant. Uh, this has nothing to do with the Joker, but uh, the Flash is apparently a bad movie, but allegedly Michael Keaton's Batman is the best thing in it. Well, it's, I mean, I think we all knew that uh, you know this Flash movie was going to be a big turd, uh, <laughs> and apparently it is. And um, they had projected. They did what you're supposed to do. They projected really modest box office yeah. returns. I think yeah. they wanted to get like an opening weekend at 70 million or something like that, which is low for a big budget superhero epic. And it came in at like 52 or something like that. It's bad. Uh, not good. They are. They might not recoup that money on the Flash. I, it's really sad because obviously we're huge DC fans. Uh, we want these movies to succeed, but they do not succeed. Nope. And this. I don't know if you want to call it the DCEU or the remains of the Snyderverse. It is dying a slow, horrible death. And we'll see if they could be saved like a phoenix rising from the ashes by Blue Beetle. 
Uh, yeah, well, that's yeah, that's not going to save it for sure. Nah. And by the way, Blue Beetle, by the way, could be a good movie. Oh, absolutely. I don't think it will be, but it's not going to save anything. No, no. They no, need no. like some time off, and they need to run some actually good movies with their flagship characters, Superman. like Batman. The Sur- well, and, 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 and Superman. And Superman. You know, well, we, you know what? The credit where credits do. Joker. Yes. And uh, the Batman. Great. Like, that stuff is good. It's just, it's totally separate. Mm-hmm. But that's kind mm-hmm. of why it's good. It yes. doesn't have to tie itself to all the fucking Rock and Jason Momoa, Gal yeah. Gadot bullshit. Yeah. And obviously, we're looking at the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well, which is f- really starting to um, show its age and really starting to show... It's falling apart. It's, it's falling apart a little bit. slowly falling apart. You know, Guardians 3 was really good, but... Aside from that, there's really not much happening in the MCU right now that's right. good. Though I will say, uh, Across the Spider-Verse, the oh, Into well, the Spider-Verse yeah. sequel, which I know is produced by Sony technically, but it's still Marvel's characters, it's under their banner, was probably the best animated film I've seen in years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was absolutely... That's a 10. That's a yeah. 10 out of 10. Yeah, terrific, yeah. terrific. DC's not... Really doing that, though DC's animated stuff, as we frequently talk about, is very good. Usually their so animated stuff is good. Maybe yeah. we're just in the time of, like, just look to the animated shit. You Yo, know, man, you know, Del Toro came out and said that he's going to make a couple more live-action movies and then he's going to fully commit himself to animation. You know I, what? I don't know if that's true. I don't know either, but... He'll I, definitely do more animation. I, I appreciate the sentiment. Yeah. Well, I, it's like Tarantino. Tarantino's like, I'm going to make ten films and then I'm going to... make. 10 make, TV make shows. TV shows. I don't know if that's true either. I think these guys will dabble, but I think if you're like one of the great film directors, if you're Del Toro, if you're Tarantino, I think you you have to go back to making movies. That yep. is like the thing yep. you do. Yep, I agree. I think people take time off. Scorsese takes time off. People, t- Unless you're Steven Spielberg, you take time off yes. for making movies, yes. right? Uh, they'll come back. I think, I think they will so. come back. I think so. But anyway, talking about someone who never takes time off, the Joker. He, he is not taking any and time And he's off. going wild. He's going wild. All right, so this is uh, Season 1, Episode 41, Joker's Wild. It was Broadcast Order 42. Pretty good. They seem, if you notice in our last couple of episodes, they seem to have stopped doing that thing where they totally reschedule an episode. Yeah, yeah this was right They're kind where... of just like, oh, what's the next one we made? Do that one. Yeah, and uh, this one's cool because this is uh, written by Paul Dini. It is written by Paul Dini. And it is, uh, well, you know what? I'll let you start. What are your initial thoughts on this episode, Mike? Uh, I don't think this is the strongest Joker episode we've covered. It is not. It is not. Uh, I think that so far the strongest Joker episode we've covered, ooh, I don't know. It's hard. I really like the Laughing Fish. Well, we but... have, you know, so we've had, so if we include this episode, it's the sixth joker centric yeah. episode yeah, we've yeah, had yeah, yeah, yeah. christmas with the joker last laugh be a clown joker's favor laughing fish and this one yeah um, joker's favor is also very very good joker's favor is excellent i i really like be a clown yeah be a clown's good and i think the laughing fish is awesome which is also a dini episode yeah. well, actually wait uh joker's favor is also a dini episode right mm-hmm. so we have multiple multiple dini joker episodes yeah. clearly he's a fan of the yes. character yes uh, i guess he um, likes the joker i'm gonna put this one probably in the middle of that pack yeah it's definitely better than christmas with the joker it's yeah. definitely better than the last laugh last laugh's the worst one yeah. so that's easy so it's probably hovers for me around be a clown yeah probably right right under be a clown yeah right under be a clown i would say it's in the bottom three of the six but it's probably almost on equal footing with be a clown sure we will actually still see worse joker episodes than this oh yeah we have a few better ones coming up yes we do uh 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, for me, solid, fun take on the character. The yeah. episode is thoughtful. It's detailed. It's mm -hmm. a good idea. Mm -hmm. The execution is not great in this episode. I think it's poorly paced. Uh, I think some sequences are just, they take wildly too long. I think so, too. And this animation sucks balls. It's Acom. It's Acom, and it's terrible. Didn't Acom get fired? They did, but obviously, I don't, this this was not the episode that broke them. No. But this was, a, this is a bad episode it for looks, animation. It looks bad. Yeah. But thank goodness we have Mark Hamill as the Joker to kind of at least make up for some of the bad He's animation. consistently good. Consistently oh, good. Consistently great. Um, my initial thoughts on the episode, the plot actually reminded me, I'm sure it reminded many people, a little bit of Mel Brooks's The Producers. Yep. Yep. Where it's like, let me create this shitty thing on purpose so I can like... Uh, create a scheme whereby I make money when it fails. Um, of course, it doesn't work out for them either. Um, maybe we'll get a musical out of Joker's Wild. I don't know. I could. I would. I. Oh, I mean, we are getting a Joker musical. So. <laughs> what? Yes. Yes. Folly a deux. Folly a deux. Folly a deux. By the way, I. I think actually it's going to be pretty good. They could not have picked a more pretentious title. Yeah. And to be like, put it in fucking French. Yeah, make it French. What does folia do translate to? I don't know. Because do is two, right? Do we want to check the Google machine? Nah, I don't. This? I don't care. No, we're not even gonna look. I it really up. Don't Listeners, you have to but, fucking do it yourself. But we got Lady Gaga in it. We do. I think she's gonna be great. Yeah, and you can't read her poker face. You see what I'm saying? Very good. Yeah. I'm looking up folia do. All right. What does folia do mean? Does that don't mean edit this second, out, Mike. Does that mean like the second mistake? Oh, okay. Apparently, apparently this is <laughs> second. Very good. Apparently, this is like an expression that is used in English that comes from French. Oh, oh okay. Folia du uh, is a delusion or mental illness shared by two people in close association. Oh, and, okay. And using the expression would be oh, those two. A classic case of folia du. I get it. Right. So I guess they're like literally, literally mad love. Yeah. Right. Oh, which is a good episode of the show. That's right. Um, okay, that it's promising. Man, I, I can't, would I would just have called it Joker I, too. I feel stupid now for not making fun of it. For making fun of it. I listen. It's 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 very it's a pretentious title. Oh, of course it, it is. is. I do I do appreciate that uh, Batman the Batman the second the Batman movie is just going to be called the Batman Part Two. <laughs> yes, I'm I, into that. I miss sequels that just have the number. I. Agreed, but there is a certain level of prestige when you put part in it, mm. like mm -hmm. The Godfather Part Two. Yeah, That's but, what they're going after. But what's after. nice about The Godfather Part Two is like it was sort of actually a continuation. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I, Joker Two is just gonna be like, yeah, here's another movie. But what I'm saying is, it's the Batman Part Two. Okay, so that that has a little bit more prestige. I guess I I don't I think it just Folly D. They could just. Just either give the movie a whole new title, like it, The Dark Knight, yeah, right, or just give me the number two. Joker, it's okay. Joker two. I miss the two. I do miss the two. I miss the two. Return of the Bat. Get it instead of Return of the Mac. Spider-Man right. two. Um, yes. So uh, we got Harry Hamlin, actor Harry oh, Hamlin, Harry. is doing uh, Cameron Kaiser in this episode. Uh, folks may know him from Clash of the Titans, L.A. Law, Mad Men. Um, so it's pretty cool to have a actor of some distinction on this. Um, and then, you know, one of the other things I like about this episode is that it's bookended with kind of like these fun slice of life moments from Arkham Asylum. Yeah, I love that. So we get big interaction between Joker and Ivy, but of course we also see uh, Jonathan Crane and Jervis Tetch in the background yeah, yeah. doing their thing, playing they, some chess. They want some TV. 
They're watching Boy. TV. But also, um, like, those two, Scarecrow and Hatter, are often together in the comics. Yeah. So it was kind of like a nice include that yeah, they were like, I, yeah, those two would hang out. They work out. They work out. They, they work together. Yeah, they definitely don't work out. No, neither sure. of them. Those, no, those are some, no. some thin, those, thin, those unfit some, gentlemen. Those are some breaking... Not a muscle on those guys. No way. They've... Except in the brain. That's yes, right. The strongest muscle. Let's go to our IMDb trivia. Ooh, We're actually starting Navy off with seals. starting off with an ACOM moment. Yeah. Ooh, Navy SEALs. What do you mean there's no ice? I gotta drink this coffee <laughs> hot. Speaking of, Clerks 2. That's just the two. Yep, that's right. Same thing with Clerks 3. That's right, which I still haven't seen. Neither have I. I will get to it. Uh, so in the original version of this episode, according to the IMDb trivia, Joker steals a prop Joker mobile, which is awesome. I love that. And as he drives away, he removes a sign from the windshield, which used to read, Wan the Sirin Ganal Joker Nisile. Which I, we all know was meant to read, win the original Joker Mobile. And if you watch this on uh, Max, you know what? Fuck it. On this show, we say HBO, HBO Max. Because okay? you know what? How long do you give it before they put the HBO back? I don't know. This is, you know what? This is, this is Flickster and Netflix all over Let again. Let the fucking hip kids say Max. Yeah, Us old timers, we're going to fucking say HBO Max. It's like, it's like people that call Disney's Hollywood Studios MGM. Yeah, we're fucking MGM. I'm, this M- bitch. I'm MGMing this. All right, so when you watch this on HBO Max, it <laughs> does say win the original Joker Mobile because they did go back in and edit it. Well, that's nice. But I believe up unto the major DVD release, the Blu ray release of the show, it still has the not corrected sign. I got that Blu ray for like 20 bucks. Um, so that was obviously a lost in translation situation. We've, we've had this before. With Bill Murray? Uh,. <laughs> that's right and who knows what they whispered to each other at the end Japan it was between them they went to Japan alright they it's did like me it, but you did not get you speak Japanese but I've been to Shibuya alright I have many not. times okay oh I'm sorry actually wait if I had just read on it says this was this was corrected <laughs> as the series was remastered for Blu-ray okay so the sign does now read when the original so there you go um, the Joker breaks the fourth wall through his messages to the viewer he says things like exit stage left and don't try this at home, kid. Very snagglepuss of him. Very snagglepuss. It's actually the whole episode he's very Bugs or Daffy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there seems to be kind of like an under theme of Looney Tunes, which actually does appear live and, on the episode at one and point. And Warner Brothers owns Hanna-Barbera, too, right. so it all makes so sense. They, they get exit to, ha- they to get the to have stage it left. That was a pretty good snagglepuss. snagglepuss? Yeah. I don't like... I don't like not a big fan of Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Well, I don't think anyone was, which is why there's not really like a big demand for them now. Maybe Scooby? That is that is some boomer shit right there. Yeah. That or is, is that is that very elder Gen X? I think it might cross over. Young boomers, uh, I don't know. Because Scooby-Doo is like the late 60s. When are people watching Hanna-Barbera cartoons? 60s, 70s. Larry 60s, Brenner 70s. is fucking screaming at his he's car like, right I'm, now. Uh, he's, he still this. watches them. <laughs> He does. He does. We've had conversations about this. I'm, we uh, we talked uh, ad nauseum I'm about sorry. Penelope Pitstop. You're 100 percent right. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, did. yeah, we yeah. Did. yeah. I, Which is I believe America these are cartoons of the 1970s. Is mostly. Uh, I would say late 60s, early 70s. Mostly the era we're talking. Yeah, about. yeah, yeah. So I I don't know if those are boomers anymore. Well, boomers are born up well, in no, like 1960. Yeah, if you're if you're Maybe. a kid watching cartoons as a kid in the 70s, you're a Gen Xer. Yeah, but you could also be a late boomer, because boomers are born up until like 1960. It's I like post-war guess. into like 1960. Right. Generations fair, are big. Fair, fair, fair. Okay. Generations are big. They are. All right. Um, but yeah, we get a lot of these little Looney Tunes and Hanna-Barbera-isms throughout the episode. Obviously, Joker's constantly referencing film and television. Um, so, yep. Shortly after escaping from the guard at Arkham, the Joker says, What a maroon! Which Great. is one of Bugs Bunny's favorite insults. I, I love Bugs Bunny. 
Yeah, he's awesome. He's the best. I think undefeatable. No, yeah, he's. You can't defeat Bugs. I don't think you he's can never beat Bugs. been beaten. Like Bugs versus Galactus, I, I I think Bugs wins. Oh, except that one time that Daffy outperformed him, but Daffy yeah. did have to commit suicide yes. to do that. Yeah, you can only. I can only do it once. I can only do it once. <laughs> um, the Joker's destruction of a television was taken from Batman '89, <laughs> as was the threat to quote unquote rip Cameron Kaiser's lungs out. The Kaiser. Uh, only four and a half months after this episode aired, the Cattle Baron Casino in Henderson, Nevada, which is just outside of Las Vegas, was rechristened Joker's Wild Casino. The casino remains active and employs a Joker clown-themed decor. It sounds terrifying. Yep. <laughs> Much like the casino in this episode, though there's no explicit reference to Batman. Uh, I, I would not go there, personally. No, no, that's a good place to You know to you die. have a fucking problem if you go outside Vegas in Nevada to gamble. It's at a place that's Joker-themed. I feel like you get shot there. And yeah. And people just accept that that happens. Yeah, you'd you die. That's dumb ways to die. When Poison Ivy tells Joker to change the channel, he replies, Duh, nope, 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 don't wanna. In an imitation of Looney Tunes character, Beaky Buzzard. Yep. Uh, he was apparently the model for Concord Condor in Tiny Toon Adventures. Which is coming back, by the way. Tiny Toon's coming back. I wonder if anyone from this series is still working on that. Because there was a lot of so. crossover between the Tiny Toons people and the Batman task. I feel people. like I feel like Andrea Romano's probably working on it. I think she's super retired. You think I, so? I, Isn't I, she uh, working on Cape Crusader? Is that true? I thought so. Hmm. So I don't know. I could see her still working on this stuff. Well, that would be awesome. She's great. I assumed she was super retired. Maybe I'm... Yeah completely wrong i thought i hope hope i'm wrong i don't know i remember i remember looking into it i could be wrong but cape crusader looks has the potential of being amazing gotcha anyway uh we'll we'll definitely be covering that um joker hums the the looney tunes theme music at the beginning of the episode at the end as well the actual music complete with as you said the cameo by bugs Mm -hmm. is heard on tv the casino in the episode is named Joker's Wild. This is a gambling term that refers to a Joker that is a wild card. Okay, this term actually sums up the episode. The Joker goes wild on a casino. Ooh. However, this also pays tribute to a Batman 66 episode also titled The Joker is Wild. Very good. And then we assume this, I'm sure, as viewers living in 2023 right now. But Paul Dini stated definitively that Kaiser is a cross between, of course, billionaire... President Donald Trump. Oh, boy. Not president then. And actor Warren Beatty playing the role of the gangster Bugsy Siegel in Barry Levinson's 91 movie Bugsy. Mm -hmm. In addition, Dini's script also stated by the time in which the episode events took place, Kaiser is in his early 40s. Okay, fine. So, uh, yeah, I would say the character actually kind of looks like Warren Beatty. Yeah. But kind of talks and behaves like Donald Trump. That, that, uh, that, yes, I think that's Not our first uh, Trump character. I think, honestly, I think this is kind of like the end of, of like, Trump's... This is the end of Trump the yuppie. Trump the, yeah. This is the end of Trump as an 80s, like, business icon. Right. Like, this brings us up through Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. I was going to say, the Home Alone 2 appearance, which people kind of snicker at, but this is true for, like, history of Trump. The Donald Trump appearance in, in Home Alone 2 was kind of like the cap... On or sort of the very last moment yeah. that you could dunk on him for being like New York, you know, yuppie, playing the system asshole. Yeah, Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like that was his persona that he had cultivated. Yeah, this is like the end of Trump's yuppie phase the and before Trump's apprentice phase mm-hmm. where he was like the Donald. Right, which is kind of a reinvention of him. Yes. And then, of course, he will go on to morph into President President Donald. Trump and now who knows? Yes. 
Um, as Joker is rhyming up the explosives, he sings and giggles like Curly from the Three Stooges. I actually caught that too. Yep. Uh, Kaiser is, of course, a variant of the name Caesar, which, of course, would reference Caesar Romero from Batman 66. There's a lot of fucking trivia dude, with this dude episode. Dude, painted over his mustache with white face paint. Yeah. Uh, let's see Henry Cavill try to get away with that, right? No, he can't. They would have to uh, CGI that. Why didn't you just let Superman have a beard? Uh, he could have just had a mustache. Who gives a fuck? But also... Like, wow, does that show, like, such cuck energy for DC. It's just like, DC sucks so bad, we can't even get him to shave his mustache because Tom Cruise will kill us. But, well, well, I mean, listen, being killed and eaten by Tom Cruise is a is a true fear that most people should have. Do you think Tom Cruise eats the people he kills? Uh, he undoubtedly he's... kills them. He's absolutely think... a killer. Now, I mean, he definitely <laughs> stays very young. Yeah, he he's has not aged in young. about 30 years. I think the only way you do that is is by eating people. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if he kills and eats the same people. I think, yes, he kills people, but then separately he eats people, but I don't think it's the same people do you think he, he Do you think instead of maybe eating people, he does that thing where, like, he filters his blood in with young people blood? Oh, like a yeah. Like a blood boy? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, he probably also eats babies. I would imagine. I'm not saying that as, like, a Republican conspiracy theorist. I'm just saying he probably eats children. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. yeah. All right. You I'm think glad he's a we lizard? Agree. He's not a lizard. You don't think he's a lizard? Like the leaders of the Democratic Party, according to certain conspiracy theorists? No. I yeah. He's a lizard. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I think he's just like regular old blood transfusion eating kid celebrity, which uh, there's plenty of those. Well, he did play a vampire. He did, convincingly. Yes. A very gay vampire. Yeah, yeah by of the course, way. of course. Um, last bit of trivia here is hardly trivia at all. After Joker arrives at the casino, he's mistaken for an employee. He's handed a box of poker chips and cash. At first, he seems insulted, but then he grins and quotes, All work and no play. This is a direct reference, of course, to the horror movie The Shining. Jack Nicholson plays Jack Torrance, who's working on a book, but it's revealed he has type nothing, but all work and no play. Makes Jack a very dull boy. Nicholson, of course, played the Joker in Batman 89. And they refer to him as Jack Napier. They do, yeah. So Yeah, but because the series like quasi yeah. takes place in the Burton-verse. Sort of. Sort of. Burton adjacent, at yeah. least. Imagine Batman Forever with uh, Batman 3 with um, Billy D. Williams. Yeah, I again, I, I think Billy D. Williams would have been good and probably better than Tommy Lee Jones. I think Tommy uh, Lee yep. Jones hated making that movie pretty much notoriously yep. and kind of phoned it in. I agree. I mean, it's a fun performance, but it's not like the performance. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. What's funny is he, Tommy Lee Jones, famously like made fun of Jim Carrey and Jim Carrey's performance. But Tommy Lee Jones is doing a much worse job. Oh, yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Mike, I think we've reached the end of the trivia. But, but the thing is here is that this was coming off the heels of The Fugitive. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. That brings nothing to the conversation. No, I like The Fugitive. <laughs> Me too. I think everyone does. Yeah. I also like, uh, speaking of non-number sequel titles, uh, U.S. Marshals. Yeah. The sequel to... Have you seen it? The sequel yes. to the... the... Yeah. <laughs> It's good. I'm, yeah, it's all right. You know who's in that movie? Free comeback Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, you're right. He's great in that yeah, movie. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is great in most things. I, I actually struggle to find things I think he's bad in. Yeah. I did not see Doolittle. No, I I'm sure I. that was bad. That's probably not good. Yeah, I'm excited to see him in Oppenheimer. Oh, yeah. He's got RDJ in Oppenheimer. That's right. That's going to be... Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer. Uh, are we doing the double feature? Oh, Have we decided? Um, that's the plan. Okay. The plan is to do Oppenheimer first at like noon. <sighs> what a drag. And then do Barbie. <laughs> I think the only way... You can't do it the other way around. I agree. No one... 
I, you can't I, go to Oppenheimer after Barbie. So yeah, no one is going to go see. No sane person is going to go to Barbie first and then say, "All right, and I'll end the night with Oppenheimer." I think you see the big depressing movie first, and then you have like a little light bite before you go to bed. Yeah, you I do think, dinner in between. I think what we do. No, I think the plan is to do Oppenheimer, a.m. Like at noon. It's a four-hour movie. I understand. Okay. That. Then do Barbie at like five. Where's what's what's happening for food? People are going to not eat for eight hours. We get food after Barbie. We have to go to know. you got to you got to go to an Applebee's or a TGI Fridays or the diner and you got to sit at that booth for like an hour and just kind of try to put your brain back together. <laughs> All right. I mean, we'll we'll talk about how yeah, we scheduled we, this day, but but, but Barbenheimer's happening. Barbenheimer's happening. Barbenheimer's happening. I guess Oppenheimer doesn't sound good. I, Oppenheimer does not sound good. Yeah, we it's don't want the, that. I, I, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that the approved nomenclature from the internet is Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer. All right, I like it. Yeah. I dig Barbenheimer. We'll yeah. keep that. Yeah. All right, season one, episode 41, <laughs> Joker's Wild. Get our theme song into a title card. Fucking great title card. Oh, this for, title uh, card's a good for one. a mediocre episode. We got the sinister image of the Joker's face looking as if it would on a playing card, kind of yeah. done up in neon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Letters are right in front of it. This episode is directed by the late, great Boyd Kirkland. Boyd. And written by, of course, the master, Paul Dini. Paul Dini. Even though this is not a great Dini episode. Nah. But still... The stuff that is good is Dini, I'm sure. Would you say that this this is Dini Ochre? Dini Ochre. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But Paul Dini on like a, a, a mediocre day is better than most people. Yeah, Paul Dini's mediocre is still like an eight. Yeah. Like, so his five is an eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so you could phone it in and still turn in like a great episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like every Zelda game is, is amazing, even well, the bad ones. Yeah, I'll say this. Look, I was going to say this for closing thoughts, but I basically said it already. Uh... If this episode had the quality of animation that we have in some of the series' best episodes, this would actually be a pretty good episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the problems in the episode are not that bad. It's mostly the animation holding it back and also just the length of sequences. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm going to launch into this first scene. This is one of those episodes where I think it's just a pacing issue. The first scene of this episode, Mike, is one-third of the episode. Yep. It takes us all the way to the fucking first commercial break. Yep. And all it does is introduce the premise and breaks the Joker out of Arkham. Yeah. So let's just go through this. We get an establishing shot, the gates of Arkham under a red sky. We pan up to the infamous institution on the hill. We get a close-up of the upper windows there. And then inside, we see a black-and-white TV like mounted high up on the wall in the way that you would only see like in a hospital or, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess in this case, a... An institute for the criminally insane. It's probably a Sony PVM. I'm just going to say that right there. <laughs> Why do you know that? Because those no, are what those... they use in hospitals. That's what they use in hospitals and stuff for like broadcast monitors. We're down like the 50s, right? You have a point. This is right, the look 50s. At that. Look See, at you. Good call. Well, it's not the 50s technically. It's... Yeah, it's whatever. Whatever whatever era they want it to be when they need it to be what it is. All right. Uh, There's a gardening show on, so we know even before the camera pans over, it's Poison Ivy watching it. Yeah. Got three inmates in the common room, and we got Hatter and Scarecrow. They're sitting, like, kind of by the wall playing chess with each other. Very nice. Which I love. Love that. Uh, Ivy's kind of lounging on the couch with her buddy, the plant. (laughs) Just kind of laying there. Everybody's everybody's chilling out. These three can hang together. And I love that we're this far along in the series where it's like, Oh, you're kind of getting like a little peek backstage. Yeah. At like, what do villains do when they're not busy like beating up Batman and the citizens of Gotham City? And it's like, yeah, yeah they're just living their life, chilling out in Arkham, biding their time. I think it's very funny that Mad Hatter wears his hat. Yes. Um, and I think it's nice that they let Ivy have the plant. And watch her gardening show. And watch a gardening show. They don't care. They're playing chess. I 
arguably their life is better than mine. I don't know. They don't uh, have to work. Yeah, they but, just chill but, out and watch TV and play chess. But you don't know what's going on with the behind the scenes over at Arkham. I don't think anything. You don't think they're hitting them up with some? Nope. I think they get they just hang out in their cells. Probably get to read some cool books. Yeah. I would love an Arkham vacation for one week. Yeah, I take it. I would take a week in Arkham. If I could have video games and TV. Yeah. Yeah, I do it. Yeah. Now listen, I don't. I'm not talking about. I don't want like. I don't want to live in Arkham, living hell for a week. No, no, no. Not I that don't, series. No, no, I want no. this show's Arkham. For yeah, a week. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, things like this validate us for starting the way we did in production order. Because if you look at Christmas with the Joker, Joker's escaping from Arkham. There's not a single fucking famous no. prisoner in that place. No. It's all just like random guys, poorly animated. Yep, yep. <laughs> singing. <laughs> right. But now here we see. Okay. In the off time, we have the other supervillains. All right. So it's the Joker episode. Joker. Enter the Joker. Joker shows up with some guards. Uh, of course, Joker's already whistling the Looney Tune theme um, song. I have a question. Um, Looney Tunes, just, rather. Just because it's been a, it's been a little while since I've I've watched. It's this. been a while. It's been a while since I watched this episode. Is he whistling? There's like two Looney Tunes themes. Is he listening? Is he whistling uh, like the? <laughs> is that the one he's whistling? No. Or he's whistling. I believe he's whistling that second one. Also, nice whistling. No problem. I believe it's the second tune. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, forget. Though it, it's been a bit for me, too. Yes, yeah, it's, it's... Since I wrote these notes, it's been a little while. Yeah, it's been a, it's been it's a been while. while. Um, Look at this graph. <laughs> two totally different bands. Uh, so Joker quickly upsets Ivy, like, immediately by changing the channel to a late-night talk show host. Uh, next up, we want to watch as a dog drinks milk out of his owner's mouth. Very good. Yes. Hey, I was watching that, says Ivy. Of course, the inimitable uh, Diane Pershing. Very good. Well, now you're watching this. Uh, And we're getting like, yeah, the nice slice of life. And and I love the sort of, (laughs) it's very poor relationship we see between Ivy and Joker. Like she just hates him. She does not like him. Uh, I don't think any of them like him. No, but I, I think like, of course Ivy would hate him because he's the alpha stupid fucking asshole just always fucks with people and she yeah. just wants to be left alone. Left alone. And, and, you know, obviously she has a close relationship with Harley. Not yet. But in the show, they do hint at it and they do have... In, hinted where? Not yet. They haven't met yet. Yeah, you know, I, I know that. But later on. Oh, yes, yeah, of course. Later on. Uh, like... Paul Dini and, and the folks, and Bruce Tim and all those folks, they were laying down the Ivy Harley thing decades oh, ago. Oh, yeah. No, they wanted that, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so we get, uh, yeah, this is when Joker does his little beaky buzzard thing. Ivy calls for the guard because Joker's like fucking with her and changed the channel. Mm-hmm. And the guard uh, forces them to watch the news. Like, that's the neutral thing that he puts on. Yeah. <laughs> the guard, this is actually a good good little thing here. The guard tells them that they can watch this news or go back to their cells. And, and Poison Ivy says something like, yeah, fine, whatever. And Joker goes, yabu! And he does like a, a fake like Nazi salute. So he oh, says, man. yes, sir, in German. Yeah, he like, throws up yeah. his palm. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Well. Um, Joker, yes, clearly has an antagonistic relationship with Ivy. And he threatens to slug her if she holds his hand. Just kidding, just kidding. Ish, Pammy, lighten up. <laughs> The news broadcast that we start here, and again, I can't emphasize this enough, Mike, this business, this news broadcast and Joker breaking out is like 11 minutes. Yep. Like, it's almost half the episode. It's such a long sequence. It's so long. All right, so we're still in the same sequence. News broadcast features Summer Gleason, of course. She's on the Gotham Palisades boardwalk, a part of town that we probably haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. This is like the Gotham City Casino District because apparently it has one of those, too. And why should it? 
Why shouldn't it? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's opening day at Cameron Kaiser's latest resort, one that comes with a $300 million price tag. Uh, you know, you already hear like, ah, oh, billionaire casino owner. His name is Cameron Kaiser. You're already thinking like, ah, oh, it's Donald Trump. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Chip Shrek. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. So Chip Shrek, Chip Shrek from uh, Batman Returns is very much Donald Trump as well. Oh, very much. So summer interviews Cameron Kaiser. Uh, very much Chip Shrek. And uh, Bruce Wayne is also in attendance with some little girlfriend on his arm. And Summer also asks Bruce about the casino's sort of top secret theme, but Bruce has no idea. Looks like we'll find out together, Summer. <laughs> we get a little fanfare that plays, and then Kaiser unveils his casino. The coverings fall to reveal Joker's Wild. Oh, boy. But Mike, it's not just any Joker. This is themed after the supervillain Joker, and his face is the casino logo, mascot, and emblem of this business. Now, Joker loves IP. He loves IP, but remember, he's also, in this series, kind of obsessed with copyright and licensure. Well, it's all about his... remember his laughing fish and all that? He has to yeah. protect his IP, dude. Right, he's very big yeah, into that. Yeah, you, because what, you know what happens? If he were to get brought into court, and if he has any sort of way of not protecting his IP at other time, the court is just like, well, you didn't protect it here. Uh, right. Yeah, it's like Band-Aids and Jeeps. You got to protect that brand. That's uh, Love that Joker. Love that Joker. It's absolutely a thing. Joker, Joker, this definitely appeals to his something that bothers him. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so we see, I mean, it's it's really grotesque. We see, I mean, the, the biggest set piece is there's a tower yep. in front of the casino where the Joker's head is just this huge sculpture, statue, whatever, just constantly laughing, ha, 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 just over and over again. Yeah, that's terrible. And Joker's just losing his mind. Can't handle at it. At Arkham Asylum. Say what? Uh, we cut back to the news footage. The camera reveals this decadent, completely tasteless display. There's a girl dressed as, at, at, as Harley Quinn next to Kaiser. Joker's fuming back at Arkham. Uh, and Summer Gleason has the totally appropriate reaction. Oh, that's disgusting. And Bruce is not happy. No, and, and uh, Summer's producer reminds her like that she's still on air. So she's going to go to reaction from the guests. She asks for Mr. Wayne's reaction. He looks like someone just killed his cat. He says, no comment. Yeah. Uh, and then Bruce leads but his cat date. Catwoman's all right. Um, she is fine. Yeah. She's fine. I shouldn't have said killed his cat. <laughs> Bruce then leads his date away, and you fucking know as soon as they're off camera, he's yeah, like, he's All right, like, you're going home. Get in the car. <laughs> I'm staying. You're leaving. I got to do some Batman yeah. stuff. Uh, and then we get this final coup de grace. It's a really good moment. It's a very Paul Dini moment. Yeah. Where Summer asks Kaiser why he has styled his new casino, a new casino after one of history's most notorious outlaws. And Kaiser plays it cool. He tells her, my Joker is a classic symbol, long associated with cards and games. I can't help if there's a passing resemblance to some criminal fruitcake, <laughs> which is such a Donald Trump thing to say. And then we get the big Batman 89 smash when yep. the TV gets busted. Yep. Yep. Uh, Ivy's plant goes through the TV screen. Joker is livid. He's storming around the Arkham Common Room. Would you say that he's going wild? He's going wild, Mike. Yeah. He's going wild. What you gonna do, brother? When Joker's going wild on you? Yeah. That's right. He's claiming he's going to soothe. He's going to rip out Kaiser's lungs. Uh, he calls Ivy Red at one point during the sequence, which I liked because yeah. it was just like, oh, it was just cute. Yeah. Uh, Joker then ugh, feigns illness and a guard escorts him out to the common room. Uh, more, more on the guards in a moment, by the way. There's a special thing that I forgot to include in my notes. The music intensifies in the next mm-hmm. sequence. 
As the Joker is led to the infirmary, he coughs as he lies down on the bed, and once the guard leaves, he laughs. By the way, this guard that has totally left him alone, and that we've seen now a time or two, uh, he's kind of a distinct-looking guard. Yes. And we actually find out later in the episode, even though I did not include it in the notes, this guard works for Cameron Kaiser. Mm Mm-hmm. The episode doesn't do a great job no. of being like, hey, it's the same guy. Yeah. So the reason why Joker gets out of Arkham so easy is because there's a man on the inside working for Cameron Kaiser, and we know Kaiser wants the Joker to get out. Of course he does. The episode doesn't really give us this, and I feel like as a kid you would not pick up on that. Okay. Uh, so I think one of the episode's big shortcomings is that this sequence is so long. Yeah. Um. I was kind of okay with the length of the broadcast sequence and the back and forth mm-hmm. in the Arkham common room, but now Joker escaping from Arkham is something that we have to assume happens all the time. Yeah. And I don't know why you would draw this sequence out for so long unless something really interesting was going to happen, yeah. but basically nothing does. Basically, Joker sneaks out, he uses like the bedpan as like a mirror to see down the hallway, <laughs> which was funny. Yes. Uh, he runs out, the guards and orderlies chase him, he... Because Joker's like the master of improv, remember, if Batman's the master of preparation, having everything prepared in advance, Joker's the master of improv, having nothing prepared and just making it up on the fly and it works out. Batman is classical, Joker's jazz. 100%. Right? 100%. Yeah. So Joker, like, I don't know, he like scares away a custodian, he makes like a, I don't know, fucking concoction out of cleaning products that just makes the floor slippery, I guess? I think he makes, um, well, he makes soap. But I guess he 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 makes um yeah he pretty he much makes oily ma- soap. All right, he slicks the floor. Yeah. The guards slip and fall. He runs on the same surface, but he's fine. No because alarms are sounded at any point until he actually gets to the exit door, and then the alarm goes off. Yeah, I we can assume maybe the guard that Cameron had posted has helped him. Anyway, Joker escapes in a ridiculous way. Of course, he's the Joker. Yeah, he ties like the infinite silks trick. The colored silks, right? The colored <laughs> yes. colored handkerchiefs to a rock. And then he, like, creates, like, a, I don't know, a lasso out of it. And, like, a truck happens to be passing by. And somehow he, like, throws him over the barbed wire fence. And he attaches to the truck. And in truly a cartoon-only fashion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Escapes yeah. from Arkham. I'm totally fine with this. It's not like I think, like, oh, it's not believable, so it can't, it can't it's, exist. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a cartoon. It's a perfect... It's a perfect like a domino lo- effect. Yeah, it's of a happenstance. Looney Tunes escape. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it is also it's appropriate to the show. I just hate how long the sequence takes because Very you long. learn nothing. Nothing that great really happens. It's just a lot of dead time. A lot of dead time. So the first big folly of the episode is just that that sequence is way too long. Way too long. It's the whole first more than more than the first third of the episode. Yep. All right. We cut to an extreme close-up of Batman's emblem, and we pull back to see Alfred holding the costume in Bruce's uh, casino hotel room. Uh, You know, Alfred is going on. He's like, listen, I didn't mind coming all the way out here, and I didn't mind coming up with an excuse to get rid of your girlfriend. But what I do mind is uh, staying in this horrid place pushes even my tolerance. (laughs) And then we... Pull back with the camera. Good sight gag. It is the worst looking hotel room I've ever oh, seen. Oh, it's horrible. It's so tacky. Everything is just like cards and games themed. And there's a huge Joker portrait above the bed. Batman's just got to be like nauseous. It's so ugly. It's truly ugly. So we spend a little time here in the room and Bruce is convinced it wasn't Kaiser's idea to make a Joker themed casino. And Bruce pulls back some of the cheap wallpaper to reveal some knights. 
and medieval themed uh, like wallpaper. Yeah, and we kind of get this idea that oh, okay, this casino was something else. Mm -hmm. So there's some credibility now Mm -hmm. to this theory that Kaiser's doing this on purpose. Uh, We get an exterior shot then of a glass elevator climbing the heights of the casino hotel. Below, Joker's obscene mechanical laughing head can be heard as it's rotating on the tower. Yeah. Uh, We see Batman on top of the elevator. He grapples to the observation deck of the penthouse, so up in uh, Kaiser's penthouse. We cut to the interior, and Batman's turning on his flashlight, and listen, Bruce's suspicions are confirmed. Mm -hmm. He finds, like, a model for the Camelot Casino, and he, like, removes the miniature Joker tower, and we see the name Camelot is there underneath it. And uh, it takes Batman, I don't know, two seconds to find some key documents right on the desk. We've got the insurance papers, the unpaid bills, and then a whole folder showing that Kaiser has been studying up on the Joker. Yeah. So we can put his whole plan together here, which is simply that Kaiser way overspent on the casino hotel. He's probably in trouble financially anyway. He's hoping that Joker will come in and destroy this place so he can collect the insurance money. And he is instigating this event. Which is kind of great. It's kind of great. It's actually, I, I think the plot is clever. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. I think I'll get the Joker so mad because I know he's so important. So I know his brand image is so important to yeah. him. I'll get him to destroy this place out of spite, and then I'll collect the money. Right. It's very Trump. Yes. And, and the it's, scheme... It's, it's very close to declaring bankruptcy without <laughs> declaring bankruptcy. And the scheme is fun and funny. And yeah. I think, had the episode just been a little bit better in general... Mm-hmm. It could have really worked because yeah. it's a good idea. Yeah. It, the whole episode's a good idea. Um, so uh, Joker's goon finds him. This is the same goon, by the way, from Arkham Asylum, mm-hmm. uh, which is, again, easy to spot in the animation, but hard if you're not really looking for it. Uh, and then we get the first action sequence, which is animated like shit. Yeah. It's um, and thank God Batman just drops a smoke pellet pretty early. The other guy's coughing and Batman escapes through a skylight. We get, in the next scene, the Joker's mechanical laugh droning on uh, as the we get another shot of the ridiculous spinning head. Uh, and then a we go to the floor of the casino. A clown holds open the doors to the casino. Wealthy couple comes in. Right behind them, we see the real Joker yeah. has entered the casino. Jumping Jiminy Christmas! Which is something he uses, which is a phrase I think he's used before. I think so, too. I think he uses it when he sees Charlie Collins. I think you're right. He, yeah. It's definitely a Jokerism. Yes. Jumping Jiminy Christmas yeah. is definitely something he says. It, I think so, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Joker surveys the casino floor. Uh, we get a sign reading Clown Alley. <laughs> boy. Oh boy. Uh, it's on display. <laughs> There's like a cigarette girl dressed as Harley. There's all these Joker-themed decorations. It's an homage to me. I'm kind of sorry I have to blow it up. And then a man dressed as the Joker... Like, the traditional Joker, like, purple suit, uh, confuses the real Joker for just another employee and tells him to open up table six. Uh, and he hands him, like, the chips. And that's when we get the all work and no play line gets dropped. Joker takes his place at the table at six and proves himself to be, Mike, a worthy dealer. Yes. He does some cool stuff with the cards and strangely wins every single hand of black. Oh, deck. wow. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Who I knew? wonder if he cheated. I've got a great fun fact in this one. Yeah. Up in the surveillance office, a guard notices Joker. That dealer's doing something screwy. He reports (laughs) it to Kaiser, but Kaiser recognizes him for who he really is, and so he tells the security guard to let him keep dealing. Do you know who the voice is of the security guard in that surveillance booth? I don't. That is Ernie Hudson. Really? That is Winston wow. Winston Zedmore. Wow, I love that. That is Ernie Hudson just says himself. A one, it just says like a, a few lines? 
Uh, that's I, to my knowledge, that's the only line he has. I, I assume he must do some other work in the series, and I don't know what character he might. I, play. I love Ernie Hudson. So, uh, Ernie Hudson is definitely someone that Andrea Romano would have been like, "Oh, I got to get him. He's yeah. awesome." Yeah. But I don't know what other characters Ernie Hudson plays, and I didn't look it up. Who would I, you? I who would have. you? Who would you? Would you? What? What would you put Ernie Hudson in DCU? Well, if they had gone with the um, Harvey Dent that we see in the oh, Burton films, yeah, I would have yeah, made Ernie Hudson yeah. Two Face. That would have been great. Because I, I think Ernie Hudson's like one of the great actors, and I think he's like probably of this era of Hollywood of like yeah. guys that were like big in the late eighties, early to mid nineties. He's probably the most underrated actor. Yeah, of that I, I, I'd give that to you. Yeah, it's just a crying shame that he really never got his due. Because as the Ghostbusters, he was always like. He was truly fourth. Yes. Like, they would leave him out of things all Which the time. Which is a shame, because he's uh, awesome. And I've done a lot of reading and research as to, you know, why that was in the films, and it's mm-hmm. sad. Mm-hmm. Bill Murray really advocated for him, which didn't really work out. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that is Ernie Hudson. Pretty amazing. I got excited, because I saw the cast list, and I was like, oh, Ernie Hudson, who's he's playing? He's got one fucking line in this episode. Yeah. Uh, we cut back to the Joker. He's continuing to torment these poor players with his antics, and uh, his laughter rises over the floor... It's that laughter that Bruce notices, so he heads in that direction. <laughs> and this is the best scene of the episode. It's this tete-a-tete uh, blackjack game between Bruce knowing it's the Joker and Joker not knowing that he's Batman and thinking he's going to play this guy like he played everybody else. But, of course, Batman has some cards up his sleeve. Because right? he's Batman. Absolutely. And Batman will cheat if he needs to. Right. Now, so Joker knows who Bruce Wayne is. Yes. So uh, we get a little back and forth. The Joker identifies himself as a nameless clown shuffling my life away. And these uh, card tricks are actually pretty cool, even though the rest of the episode's not well animated. These Mm -hmm. are okay. Uh, Bruce is taunting the Joker, talking about the gruesome surroundings at the casino, causes Joker to miss his shuffle. Um, And Bruce keeps instigating here. And then uh, he actually hits on a 12, which you should never do. No. He's got a nine and a three in his hand. And as the viewer, you're like, what is he doing? Joker reveals a 20. Uh-oh. And then Batman gets a king, which should bust him. But instead, he reveals an eight and three instead of a nine and three. And then we're Ooh. like, oh, okay. Bruce Wayne is a cheaty face. Cheaty face. Everyone's favorite genie. Cheaty face. Uh, <laughs> and then Bruce walks off with a little something for the Wayne Charity Fund. And he tips Joker in such a mocking tone that it, like, causes the Joker to fucking froth and break the chip that's in his hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of that little sequence, Bruce dumps the chips he's won into a bucket held by Alfred. And he, like, very ominously says, like, it's him. Yep. And we see the cards in Bruce's sleeve. So he knew how to play that hand. He had to cheat against the Joker, of Got course. Got it. Got it. Um inexplicably I hate this some time passes but there's nothing signifying time passing so basically Joker's in a new location and Batman just shows up yeah I hate uh, that. really sloppy it's a mess it's a mess um, so Batman confronts someone he thinks is the actual Joker but it's just the other dealer from before and then across the casino floor Joker sees Batman and he's like up oh, time to cash out <laughs> and then my second favorite sequence I, I Mike I love the Joker mobile Joker mobile's great I wish we saw more of it in the series. I think I yes, yes. Do you know the last time I think we saw the Joker mobile is there was a like it's like Super Friends era Joker. Yeah, occasionally had the yeah, Joker mobile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the last time we saw the Joker mobile. It's way better than the Spider Mobile. I don't know anything about the Spider Mobile. It's terrible. 
not, not good. He shouldn't have it. Well, it's like, why would you put Spider-Man, who's the probably the most mobile character, in a car where he's limited? Doesn't Superman have a car or a plane? I, I'm... I'm sure he does. Yes, which is stupid as well. Another character you would never put in a car. No. Um, all right, we get the Joker mobile on this like rotating display. Um, th- I love this sequence. The Joker starts it up not with the key, but with like his hand buzzer, the yeah. electricity from the hand buzzer. Yeah, <laughs> makes no sense. It's great. Uh, speeds away through the casino floor, just knocking over everything in his path. Fuck yes, it's awesome. So good. Uh, we get like the obligatory shot of like. <laughs> A Joker mobile plowing into some slot machines, knocking them over, and then like, <laughs> yeah. Immediately after being afraid, people are just going and picking just up. Just very the chips. Springfield yeah. of them, right? Exactly, one hundred percent. Um, the Joker continues this like right. maniacal spree through the casino floor, just breaking everything. Uh, Batman does manage to get himself into the car, uh, and Joker drives the fucking Joker mobile right through the glass of the casino out onto the boardwalk, and he manages to hit the ejector seat. Uh, before Batman, uh, I guess, we we think for a second, of course it's not true, dies yeah. in the car crash. So what's funny to me is that Joker knows exactly how this car works because I guess canonically this was his car at some point. Yeah. And I like the missing scene where it's like at some point Kaiser's like, oh, his car is available, purchase that. Yeah, yeah, get that car. Put it on the show floor. Oh, I want it. And I, I, I just like thinking of myself in the moment of Joker like being like, oh, oh my, my car. car. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, instantly destroyed. <laughs> yeah. Instantly destroyed. Um, so we see that Batman, of course, did not die. He's like under the boardwalk in the water. Um, we see a little bit of the background, the like other casinos beyond, and actually that is where the Joker is. Uh, he's clinging to the tail of like the Neptune casino. The real fireworks is still to come. And so it's all after the Joker mobile wreck. We cut back to the casino again. Uh, again, this episode's kind of all over the place. It's the Joker again in the next sequence, and he is now partially dressed as a chef, I guess? Yeah. I, Moving out with a tray on a cart. I mean, we all know it's dynamite. Yeah. It later proves to exactly be dynamite. We get him out to a construction site. I thought this was lame. So we bring him all the way to the casino, <laughs> and there's still an amusement park here. Yeah. So this is it's, the uh, Joker's Wild amusement area, and I was like, "Man, we can't fucking get away with this with Joker." All he wants is all they—they they just always an amusement park. I, like I was okay. I mean, I guess the big roulette wheel is cool, but I was kind of like, "All right." It, I guess this is like their excuse for having that set piece. Yeah. But you don't really need it. You're like no. you could have done this a different way. I don't no, know. I don't yeah. love this as a set piece. Yeah. Either do I. Uh, anyway, he gets to work with his dynamite, and of course he's going to rig something to the roulette wheel, but we don't know what it is. So, uh, yeah, in this amusement area, there's a huge roulette wheel with, like, a huge Joker, like, holding the roulette wheel. I mean, the roulette wheel is enormous, like, 30-foot diameter yeah, it's, wheel. Yeah, it's, 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 it's huge. Yeah. Um, we cut to the inside of Kaiser's office. We actually haven't been in this location before, but it actually looks very similar to the office we saw in the penthouse, mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm. not the same place. Mm-hmm. Kaiser plainly observes what the Joker is up to on the surveillance camera. He sees him setting up the dynamite in the uh, amusement area. But, of course, that's what Kaiser wants to He wants him to blow it up. Right. So instead of calling the cops, he calls his helicopter. He says, I want it there ready in 20 minutes. But before he can pack all his money away, a batarang flies into his briefcase. Batman appears. He confronts Kaiser and accuses him of building the casino, going bankrupt, and then turning it into a target for Joker so he could collect the insurance money. It's kind of genius. Uh, you hit the jackpot, Batman. 
says Kaiser, <laughs> instantly giving do, himself up. He doesn't even try to argue. Doesn't lie at all. No. Um, at least he's honest about it. Do you know what I thought was cool? When Kaiser hits this button under his desk, it actually works. Yeah. It like de- delivers a devastating electric shock to Batman that pretty much knocks him out. And I was like, oh, so Kaiser could have won if he wasn't a dickbag. No, right? he's an idiot. Uh, Kaiser's goons show up. Kaiser tells them to send them down to his friend, uh, which is a big mistake. Yeah. Because Kaiser should just kill Batman here if he wanted to win. Giving Batman to the Joker, I, I know what he's thinking. He's thinking like, oh, two birds, one stone. Batman will get rid of the casino and... Sorry, rather, Joker will get rid of the casino and Batman at the same time. But as we'll find out in the next scene, Batman's just going to reveal the plot and then these two have a common enemy. Yeah. Very bad for Kaiser. Very bad. So we cut to Joker. He's merrily set up, uh, setting up his explosives. He's uh, This is where he's singing in the style of Curly from the Three Stooges. Batman alone stumbles out of the freight elevator, where Joker then clubs him with a stick. We get our second commercial break, and then we come back into a new scene, this swirl of color, Joker's face materializing as Batman regains consciousness. And as one might have predicted... Joker has strapped Batman to the big roulette wheel. I, I like I like this. Very much like a Santa Claus in the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. You, you do like this. I, I, I don't like any of it, but I do think the image of Batman strapped to a giant roulette wheel is fun. It's a good image. I guess the persnickety thing I will say is like, I don't like how much we have to do to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was like, is there no way to chop this down? Like, can he like... Hey, do you know when Batman like got exploded from the crash? Yeah. Can the next scene be like he wakes up in the roulette wheel? Yeah. Like the, the extra scene with Kaiser no, and all. Like uh, there's so much that's just like it's, to be trimmed. It's, it's almost like they're trying to like. Oh, I'm just letting you know. Remember who else is in this episode? Yeah, I guess. I, again, it's not that it's poorly written. It's that the lengths of sequences don't really make sense. No. And then make me feel like certain sections aren't justified. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm I agree. complaining a little too much, but it's mm, not it's really though. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's valid, man. Well, thank you. Um, so yeah, Joker is going to, you know, go ahead and destroy the whole casino. And Batman's basically going to be, you know, first in line to mm-hmm. witness this, but Batman tells him what Kaiser's up to. Yeah. And the Joker knows he's right. Mm-hmm. I hate it when you make sense. <laughs> So, Doesn't Batman always make sense, though? I think so. For the most part? Uh, yeah. So Joker does disconnect the big explosives. He disconnects the dynamite. But he still wants to kill Batman, of course. Yeah, yeah I mean. So he pulls the pin on a grenade that has his face on it, because, of course, Joker brand products. Yep. And then he spins the roulette wheel, which like kind of spins like a Gravitron at a carnival, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like incredible centrifugal a force. A good way to vomit. Yeah. Probably or one of the best. centrifugal? Centrifugal. Or centrifugal. Centripical. One of them. Yeah, I think a centrif- centrifuge is a uh, is a device. All right. And centripetal force, centripetal force, is the force of a circle. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Hey, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a scientist. A big circle force. Yeah, big, big circle. circle force. Big spinning Batman around like an old BCE. fashioned salad spinner. Yep, yep. Drying right. that salad off. BCE, big circle energy. Before salad just came in bags. Yeah, remember that. Yeah, I'm, my mom used to buy the head of lettuce. Yeah, man. She'd have to chop it up, and then she'd be like, Jordan, spin the salad. The best thing about salad coming in a bag now, I'm glad that you were the one who was the salad spinner. I was the salad spinner. That was my contribution to the meal. That's good. I love that I love that salad <laughs> comes in bags now so that you could just throw it out at the end of the week. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have a, we have a rule in our apartment. I live with my girlfriend. We have a rule in our apartment. 
at the beginning of every week, I buy two bags of salad. Yeah. And at the end of every week, I throw out two bags of salad. Yeah, yeah. No salad is eaten. No salad. We cook throughout the week, and we intend to eat some salad. No. Nope. It just never happens. It's like the bananas. The bananas. You eat two out of the bunch, and four leave to die. People buy too many bananas. I'm going to put the fault on the bananas. Yes. Too many come in a bunch. Yeah. Well, you can separate the bunch. You're not allowed to take just one banana from yeah, you the are. bunch at the supermarket. Absolutely. Stop. They base Stop. it off of weight. Wait a second. You can remove bananas when from the bunch. When there's a bunch of bananas at the supermarket, yes. you could just take one you banana? You pay for the banana based on the weight of the bananas. So you could absolutely pull bananas that off the bunch. That completely makes sense. I feel so stupid <laughs> for not knowing this. I thought you'd be like ruining other people's bunches of bananas. No, they just get a smaller bunch. Oh my God. If the bananas are in a bag, it makes it a little tough. But you can absolutely remove the bananas from the bunch, dude. Oh, Mike, I've been such a fool. I'm pretty sure. This is fucked, man. Yeah, dude. Just buy two bananas. Oh, my God. That's Why it. are you buying six bananas? More than that sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it's nah. a very big bunch. Nah, man. I know that when you get a bunch of bananas in Donkey Kong Country, it's 10 bananas. <laughs> but, like, you can have three bananas. You can buy a smaller bunch of bananas. Well, I'm just buying two bananas from That's now. right. They, they base it off of weight. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what Joker forgot to do? Buy the bananas. Uh, no, he forgot to remove Batman's grappling gun. Yeah, which is always a bad idea. Actually, he forgot the whole utility Which belt. is always a bad idea. So Batman gets free enough to fire the grappling gun. This is probably... Is this the best shot on Batman the Animated Series? There's a little bouncing grenade in this huge roulette wheel, and Batman hits it with the grappling hook and shoots it into the mouth of the Joker statue. Yeah, I think Batman would be really good at mini golf. Yeah. Well, I think Batman would be good at every professional sport. Every, everything. I can't imagine there's one he's not good I at. I don't know what Batman's bad at. He's not bad at anything. He's basically, as as they've said many times in comics, he's like the perfect human. Yeah. Like, he can do anything, mind and body, that a human could yes. ever have been capable human, of. Batman. Yeah. So, like, Batman could beat Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, the Williams sisters, everybody. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. But he chooses to dress up as a bat <laughs> right. fight people. He chooses the worst to Beat up the these. citizens of a city. That's right. Okay. We cut to the roof. We're finally on the roof. Episodes like to end on the roof. Yep. We'll get to the chopper. Yeah. Cameron Kaiser's heading for his chopper. He gets in. Get me out of here now. Yes, sir. We see the silhouette of the pilot. It's the Joker. Uh, it's for a badly animated episode. It's a good shot. Yeah, it's nasty. It's nice. Um, on the ground, Batman finds the poor pilot who claims some clown grabbed the copter. Literally. Uh, and that Mr. Kaiser's in there. And we see the copter is circling overhead. In the cockpit, Joker finally confronts Kaiser. Uh, not without some admiration. It was a scheme worthy of me. He pulls a gun on him and he puts the helicopter on autopilot. The Joker has decided that rather than destroy the casino, he will get rid of Kaiser and run the show himself. I, you know, this is what Joker does. Yeah. You, you, you find a casino... It's abandoned. Yeah. He's going to crawl in there. He's going to take that casino. That's right. Uh, Batman brings the bat glider out of retirement. Baby. (laughs) Last scene in Heart of Steel, I believe, part one. Yes. I think. Yes. Maybe part two. Part two. Yeah, I don't know. I think the glider's in part two. It was definitely in Heart of Steel. Yes. Uh, And he fires a batarang at the copter window. The glass shatters. Joker grabs the control and dives. And we get some amazing shots here of Batman pursuing the glider through the casino district. And the Joker fires a few shots with his pistol. One actually hits and breaks the glider. The glider gets hit with something every fucking Yo, time. Yo, that gets glider used. gets beat up, man. The glider sucks balls. Yeah, he's it really, really rough with his toys. Yeah. 
Um, we see the glider. <laughs> I don't think they like the glider either on the show. The glider flies directly into the big Joker's mouth. Yeah. And the Joker, while it's laughing, just kind of like chomps it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Chew him up. <laughs> uh, Batman, of course, using the glider as a distraction, I guess, has actually climbed into the cockpit of the helicopter where he comes to blows with the Joker. Joker gets knocked into the controls. <laughs> You'll kill us all, cries Kaiser. He's right. Um, the helicopter just careens down into the casino itself, smashing through the floor of the casino. And Mike, I assume, modestly kills, what, like 100 people probably? 100, 110. 100, 150 people die. They don't animate any of it, no, of course. No, no, no. They all survived. Yeah, yeah. Mysteriously, everyone survived. No one was hurt. Everyone no injuries. woke up in the hospital fine. Right. Um... We uh, see the Joker makes a break from the wreck, but he is stopped by a classic swing line kick from Batman, who's grappled up ahead. I always love one of those. That's right. Sends him right into the nearest slot machine, where, a la Looney Tunes, Joker hits the jackpot. Epilogue. News broadcast transition. Summer Gleason delivers our final words here, or among our final words. And so it is ended for ex-billionaire Cameron Kaiser and the Joker. Ah, uh, disgusted Joker changes the channel. Re- it's revealed we're back in Arkham. Yes. Back in the common room where we started. Watching Looney Tunes. There's our little Bugs Bunny cameo. Enough of this rubbish. And he ch- turns it off, changes the channel, and then we get, in unison, hey, we were watching that from Crane, Tetch, and and Poison Ivy. All looking very, very rough in this oh, moment. This is the so worst, bad. the worst animation so in the episode. Bad. None of them look like themselves. So bad. They look all rubbery, totally off the model. Yes, terrible. Terrible. And then Joker changes the channel back. And I'm sorry, I think Bugs Bunny is the last image, just so he's the one signing off. <laughs> and that is Joker's wild. It was a wild time. Yeah. Some of it was a. It was a modestly wild time. It was mostly bad. It was moderately wild. It was mostly mediocre. It was the medium sauce from Taco Bell. Yeah. Tasty, appreciated, yeah. but not as good as the hot. It's not as good as the hot of the fire. Right. Fire sauce is the best because it's smoky. My friend Mike, back from Japan, what are your closing thoughts on Joker's Wild? Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same for me. I think a little better than all right. Yeah, But yeah. the animation really knocks it down. Really bad. And the pacing really sucks. Really bad. Um, There's a couple of really, really large glaring issues with this episode. Yeah. But ultimately, in the end, um, still a Joker episode, so it's still pretty decent. Yeah. And, and it's, 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 it's sort of solidly in the middle. Yes. And that's actually kind of where I would put it for the whole series, too. Yeah, yeah. I would put it in the middle of the pack of the middle. Joker episodes and just in the middle of the series in general. And then, uh, you're right. And then moving forward, we have um, some <laughs> real all-time oh, lows. Guys... I want Batman Tasticast listeners to get really fucking excited for yeah. these next two oh, episodes. Oh, we're gonna have fun because these are two fun bad episodes. Oh, we're gonna and we're gonna do these on the same day. If we're doing them so, back to so back, we're gonna be punchy. They're super fucking fun. They're bad episodes, but we're gonna have a fucking blast. Oh, we love bad episodes on this show because we've got you're doing Tiger Tiger, Tiger Tiger baby, and then I'm doing Moon of the Wolf. Yeah, right yeah, after yeah. that, they put the fucking dog and cat episodes right so next good. to each other. Oh, so good, Tiger Tiger burning bright. In the forest of the night. Yeah. That's, that's right. That's, uh... Oh, who is that? That is... That uh, is Blake. Blake. That is Blake. Blake is the same person who made the tiger also made the lamb, right? Yep. That's, yeah. That's the same, the same dude. That's there all Blake. Go. It's all Blake, baby. Not the guy... Not the guy... Not Beretta. Not, not to be confused with Rilk or Rilke. Yeah. Who wrote that poem from Awakenings that is also about a tiger in a cage or yeah, some fucking bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna know. break! I don't know. Don't right. look any of that up. It's probably anyway, uh, the next two episodes are going to be so much fun and also terrible. And more more wild yes. than Joker's Wild. Yes, wilder. 
The, you know what? Not this cheating. episode should be called Joker's Mild. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to close with that. I can't, yeah, we can't top that. Yeah, Thank good. you for joining us. This was the Batman Tasticast for Mike Staub. I'm Jordan Hugh. Thank you and see you next time. Meow. <laughs> same bat time, same bat channel. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Batman Tasticast. You want to continue to support the show, you can find us at Batman Tasticast on all social media, or you can search us out on the podcatcher of your choosing, leave a review, write something nice, reach out to us on our own personal social media so that we can talk to you about all things related to Batman. And we'll see you next time.